In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Light speed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney, your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Brett Knackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen, if it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, or other things that you can listen to or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. One of the earliest Disney podcasts to debut on the scene 18 years ago, and I was a listener, I, I told you when we last communicated that I was, uh, was Window to the Magic offering a binaural glimpse into the sounds of the Disney theme parks, and its host, Paul Barry, is a legend in the Disney podcast world. Uh, we uh, became acquainted a few months ago on the Hub Crawl podcast, and today, Paul joins me on Notably Disney to discuss a very fun topic that I've been wanting to cover for a while, and this seemed like the right opportunity for it. We're going to cover our favorite forgotten sounds and scores or songs from Disneyland Park, both past and present, so really a history of, of Disneyland's uh, music and sounds. Uh, we have selected five sounds and five score song snippets to to illuminate as illustrative of our appreciation of all of the listening goodness from the happiest place on earth. Uh, there's nobody, I think, better who, who knows the, the music and sounds of, of Disneyland than Paul Barry. So welcome to the podcast. Wow. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was quite the intro and I appreciate it. And I, I, um, I did what you asked for, kind of. I got, uh, I got sounds from past and present. Um, and they are sounds not only that, um, are underappreciated, but songs that are just important to me one way or another. Um, and so it'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah, and I just like alliteration, so that's why we have forgotten and favorite, as well as songs and score, as uh, uh, songs and sounds. So, all right, you're, you're uh, talking technically. I think that's good. Yes, there, there, I have it. Uh, so we are going to be alternating. We're we're going to play around with some technology here. I think it's going to work out fine. We're going to actually play uh, the music um, after after we introduce them, um, but. I'm I'm a, a gentleman as a host, so I allow my guests to go first. Um, so I'm gonna 
Uh, I have it ready to go. We're going to start off with a um, song or score. Actually, let me just ask you, Paul, before we even get into it, like just to take a moment to to reflect. When I pro- provided you with this task, like what went through your mind in terms of assembling this this list of only five selections for sounds and five for songs or scores? Well, first there was the running around crying and, uh, you know, saying I can never, ever, ever do this. Um, you know, for me, Disneyland is one big sound file and it's been something that has, uh, has been part of my life since 1973. And, um, when my father, uh, who is now my late father, he just passed away, um, he would go to Disneyland without me, even as an adult. Um, he would call me. Um, this will give you some time frame as to when it was. He uh, called me collect from the payphones that are or that were behind uh, where you would meet Ariel now in our Tinkerbell. Sorry. Oh, I know exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Right over by the Matterhorn. And I got a call one time and he'd be, hello, and he'd say, hi, AT&T, with a collect call from your dad. Do you wish to accept? I said, sure. And I, I said, hey, what's going on? And he goes, listen. And he held the phone out. And I hear, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland proudly presents. And I listened to the entire Main Street Electrical Parade via collect call one time. And so that kind of thing for me has always been a big deal. Um, I, I went through the adventure through inner space more times than I care to count. And um, that is is all static displays and things. So there wasn't much happening. So you had to enjoy the sound. And so Disney sounds have always been important to me. And they remain to this day on, you know, window to the magic. Uh, I I love that that story. One of my <laughs> earliest Disneyland memories, and I recognize that I'm um, uh, younger. Was it was in 1996? Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was a toddler, and but one my earliest my one of my few memories from that trip was kind of in that same vicinity of the park. It was it was seeing the Main Street Electrical Parade mm. um, during its cl- f- closing in air quotes season, ah, yes. uh-huh. um, and. Uh, Eventually, that area, um, it's a small world mall, and they convert it to light magic and all that. But that area of the park in particular is what I remember really vividly as as a child and as someone who grew up, as we were talking about prior to recording, uh, relatively close to Disneyland. I have a special place in my heart for the park, but also all the music. And again, you know, before the days of of YouTube and podcasts, it was harder to consume uh, audio. as you know extremely well oh yes preaching to the choir there was a there was a a guy by the name of matt orkin and matt was uh, florida based but he was very similar to me in liking the sounds of disney and he started matt's uh it was it was like matt's disney sounds email list and at the time and this was like late nineties, he would, he collected a bunch of people's emails and then he would send out a group email that had a little snippet of a Disney sound that he had recorded in the park. And, um, he would send out some source audio and things like, um, he would get 
uh, little snippets off the Disneyland LPs and things. So like he would play uh, America Sings and he would play just a little bit of, of the of the sound, but it always cut off right at the part I wanted to hear. And just one day I came across that clip that had the full transition music and I was so excited. And so that's, that's the kind of thing that, you know, builds a a love of Disney audio in you. And how old were you in 1996? Four. Okay. So you are just about the age of my son. Okay. (laughs) My son was born in 91. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a time of transitions for the park. So I, I got a very, a little taste of Tomorrowland before the redo. And, mm. um, but nonetheless, I, I very much appreciate all the cataloged uh, videos and imagery of, of the park from before I was uh, around because uh, I, you know, there's a part of me that wishes I could have been there in the mid 70s and to have experienced the, the park in a completely different phase. But, that's yes. that's what that's what documentation is all about and what you're you've certainly been extremely adept in so that's why I'm I'm glad to have this conversation with you and for us to be able to share what we love about the park past and present and it doesn't necessarily mean that we ha- had to have experienced something in person at a specific spot but also just our appreciation of what the sound or what the score song represents but often there are memories attached right so. yes absolutely so why don't we begin, Paul, now that we offered some background. Um, so we're going to start off with your first uh, song uh, selection. So how about you introduce it and then I'll, I'll start to play it. Okay. One of the one of the first things that came to mind when you were talking about underappreciated songs and things um, was um, the amount of work that goes into creating a finished product for a Disney production. Now, one of my favorites of of all time was the Country Bear Jamboree. And it is incredibly cool to hear the old shows, all three of them. But when you can go back even further and hear the demo tapes where they created the sounds and came up with the ideas, literally saying, I think they should. So what this first sound is going to be is it's a song that Ernest does. It's called Nature. And what you're going to hear first is you're going to hear the finished product. So this is one of the longer sounds you're going to hear. Um, But this this is the finished song Nature from the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown. And then immediately following that is going to be the demo recording of that same song. Some folks are partial to nature Like rivers and mountains and trees They'll sit and sniff the flowers For hours and hours That kind of stuff just makes me sneeze Don't stomp through the woods all you want to It's just too much for me to bear There's nothing but trees full of buzzards and bees I favor a comfortable chair. Shoot! Get out of here! Hey, Barnett, leave me alone. Come on, get! Go watch it! Get out! Get away! 
busier and busier. Right, the beginning, the yeah. intro is just this, and he's just, just, I don't know if we want to, I think it should just be him starting. Isn't that incredible? I can definitely say that marks off the the forgotten check. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know that existed, but it was uh, very catchy and mm-hmm. very seventies uh, era too. Yeah, Ernest was always my favorite. He he had um, for the Christmas uh, show. He did a song uh, called "Trapped in the Snow," and uh, and he you know he talks about how you know uh, uh, Santa better not show up or he might get it. <laughs> you know things like that and so this this particular sound clip here shows you know your finished product and then the imagineer sitting around at a piano literally saying you know and he's going diddle, 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 and zzz, you know I mean, he's making all the sounds and creating it in front of us and so that that is just that's that's my idea of fun is to is to hear the sounds and then literally go back and listen to them create it it's almost like you don't need a Foley artist because you have the the musician just providing that context for you. Thankfully, they had a Foley artist. And so the guy wasn't going about flowers and trees. <laughs> but it was funny how he kept going back and forth and, you know, things wow. like that. But yeah, so that uh, thankfully, that's one of the longer ones that we'll be sharing. But yep, that's nature from the Country Bear Vacation Hoedown. Huh. I know a magician doesn't always reveal their tricks, but how how did you accrue that? Because that's quite a unique find. I got it on the internet. Oh, just where you find everything, right? <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. That's I've, I've been really... I've been collecting Disney sounds for years and years and years and years and years, and uh, and so as a matter of fact, that was what started me on being a, a member of the Disney community. Was there when the internet was just starting? There were websites for like Pirates of the Caribbean and things like that. And I said, well, I want to do one, too. And everything was taken. And I had a Country Bear LP and nobody had Country Bear content on the Internet. And so I recorded the the thing, put them up in real audio sound files. If you remember real audio. Yeah. And um, and so I, I put them up and I created a website and then I eventually became friends with uh, Pete Renaday, the voice of right. uh, of Henry. And um, matter of fact, we have a picture of him with a shirt that we gave him, which says Camp Grizzly on it. 
and uh, and the whole shoddy tour toured us around the Disney Studios one time and stuff like that. So it it really started opening up my eyes to the wonderful world of Disney. Very cool. And for uh, I'll just throw this in briefly because I can't remember. Are you in the Country Bears film? I am. Yes. That's right. Okay. In the in the finale scene. Right. Yeah. We spent two weeks filming a one minute segment, basically. Um, and and yeah, you can see me. You do have to um, see at the at the climactic moment of the film. Spoilers. Um, they they think that Christopher Walken has won and the country bears are going to lose the the playhouse and the whole shot. And uh, they're like, nobody showed up. And Big Al says, oh, no, he says, you know, and he goes over to the side door and he opens up the door and he says, you know, they're all in the back. I didn't want them on my lawn. And the door is opening. And as it opens, right as it cuts, you would have seen me standing right there because every time they did that intro, I was right there in the front of the door. And I got pushed by the crowd into Big Al. So I would like, ah, you know, and um, and so I think they cut it because it looked wrong. But uh, but you can also see me in the actual crowd. I did my best to stand up early, you know, when they're like, stand up on the third beat. I'd like stand up on like beat two and a half, you know, so, it's, ha, yeah. you know. So. I'm glad you have your IMDb profile, right? Uh, oh, I, yeah, I don't, but uh, <laughs> but yes, that's I've I've got my claim to fame, you know. There you go. Thanks so for yes. sharing, Paul. I, I had to for remembering. Oh, I had to seize the opportunity because I, I see a natural tie-in. Um, <laughs> let me uh, transition to my uh, first uh, score selection. Cool. And it's an attraction I never experienced. You alluded to it earlier. Um, it is the adventure through inner space. Oh, very nice. Um, which I was familiar with uh, prior to Disneyland's 50th, but its inclusion in the fireworks show, um, there was a, a small segment um, with the magnification line. And, oh, yes. and that, that kind of further reestablished my um, uh, familiarity with it. And then ultimately in that uh, thick CD set that they produced around the 50th, um, which ultimately was just a treasure trove. And I'm sure you, You've thoroughly enjoyed that as well. That allowed me to um, really be able to envision what it was like prior to YouTube. Mm -hmm. So my clip uh, is just a very small portion of the score, which is, this is, again, for those who are unfamiliar, is the uh, situated in Tomorrowland um, from the mid-60s until, um, was it 85 or early 86 before they transitioned it to Star Tours? Right. 85, right? Uh, yeah, 85, 86. You're, it, yeah, I don't remember exactly, but yeah. So um, the notion is you're, you know, uh, just shrinking down. This was before the days of Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Disney was still interested in the, the microscopic scale. Um, and hey, the smaller the guest, the more guests they can put in and the more they can get into the park. Yeah, it's bigger, it's smaller guests, bigger profits. Exactly. And <laughs> it sounds like it was an incredible Omni mover attraction with um, just delicious narration. And I am a fan of the score, which is uh, by Buddy Baker, who we know is a, a resident Disney um, composer. So I'm just going to play a, a small clip of Adventure Through Inner Space. 
these strange spheres. If I reach the universe of the molecule, yes, these are water molecules, H2O. They vibrate in such an orderly pattern because this is water frozen into the solid state of matter. So needless to say, it's enrapturing much in the same way that the Haunted Mansion is for all the right reasons. Um, but gosh, it's just it the the score is so illustrative of 1960s sci-fi in the best possible way. And I wish I had had the opportunity to experience it in person, but thankfully it has been captured for all time. And Disney sees the value of it because you can buy it as an LP on the Shop Disney website. How about that? Yeah, that's that's actually very, very cool. Um, you know what they had to do with the water before they could make that attraction, right? Yep, they had to freeze it. <laughs> Paul freeze. <laughs> uh, the narrator, yeah. of course. Yes. Yeah, yes, and and he is uh, he is an awesome guy, and his narrations second to none. Um, and um, you'll have to remind me at some point after uh, we get off of this call. Uh, to send you the isolated soundtrack, uh, just the music without the narration for the entire adventure through inner space. That's uh, it's a good soundtrack. An awesome one. Thank you. Yeah, I, that I will. Uh, different Paul, not freeze, but Barry, let us uh, transition to your first sound selection, shall we? This is going to make you laugh. Yes, the snowflake has melted. But there is no cause for alarm. You are back on visual and returning to your normal size. Yep. That's Paul Freeze from the Adventure Through Inner Space. <laughs> you and I think very much alike. And uh, yeah, that that narration was just the best. And that line was my favorite line from the entire ride. Just that, you know, I would just come off the ride going, yes, the snowflake has melted, you know, as a 12 year old boy. So, yes, the snowflake. But and man, that man could narrate. He was everything he did for Disney was just top notch. There was nothing better. There's also such conviction in the delivery of the lines, which I think when when you take something so seriously and and believe in it it comes through for the audience and i think that's what we see illustrated there yeah i i liked when as you're going through the ride and he's like you know shall i continue on yes it's <laughs> like wow <laughs> this this guy this guy's really invested in this adventure that he's having you know and then you finally get to the molecule or the uh the nucleus of the atom, atom, you know, and, and, you know, should I go on? No, you know, <laughs> I, I must return to the realm of the molecule before I go on shrinking forever. You know, it's like, wow, dude. Yeah. A, a lot of amazing things happen on that attraction. Um, one of my, one of my funniest memories is uh, you are, you're familiar with the mouse tails book, I imagine. Oh, yes, I know, David. Yeah, nice guy. So there were some great stories in there about uh, the the new life that came to be on Adventure Through Inner Space. Yes. Uh, the, I'll, just, it, it, I'll leave it there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say there's a 
there's a they renamed the ride. Do you know the the rename of the ride for that? Uh, it's been a while since I've heard it, so I don't remember. But I know there's another name. Yeah, it is the Adventure Through Intercourse. Yes, <laughs> yes, that one. So that's family friendly yeah. and kids safe. So yeah, exactly. But yes, that uh, that was definitely. Uh, and matter of fact, I I heard, uh, and maybe it is it is from the uh, the book, but um, that the cast members used to lie when a couple would get on the ride and ask how long the ride was. They would purposely tell them longer than it was so that they would think they had a lot more time and they would come back out at the end. Yikes. You know, so very fun. Yeah. I I'm I'm glad we were on the same wavelength with our selections. And in your (laughs) case, so you, you focused on a, a, a piece of uh, a wine from an attraction for your sound. I actually, from I took it much more literally for my next selection, uh, which is uh, uh, probably one of the more unique sounds you can find at Disneyland. I, I will say it's a favorite of mine because of the symbolism, and forgotten from the standpoint of if you're uh, if you're if you're not standing in the right spot, and if you're not in the spot, you will never hear it. And that is this following clip. So let me get it ready. I'm going to offer a little tease. (laughs) And I'll I'll spare the listeners from hearing the whole minute 30 second version of all the clicking. So that is the uh, dedication speech of Disneyland um, from the uh, New Orleans Square train station um, <laughs> as uh, produced by what? A telegraph. So, yes. Yeah. It's coming telegram. Out. Yeah, telegram. Yep. Coming out of the uh, the window of a building across the train tracks from the, the train station. And um, one of my favorite activities is to go there and stand there and go, oh, hey, uh, wait, I know that it's saying. By Vinylmation. All right. (laughs) It's just repeating things you should purchase. Yes, exactly. New popcorn bucket down the street. That's right. It's, I just find this to be a really clever incorporation of a piece of Disney history in a very subtle way. And um, that's why I wanted to highlight it because you, Again, not everybody rides the railroad and not everybody boards at that station and not everybody knows what that clicking in the background is. Right. So um, yeah, that Mrs. was actually Mrs. Disney knew. Do you remember that story? No. No. So when they first put that in, it was something different. When they first installed it, it was they they had said just we need telegraph clicking or whatever it is. And um and so there's somebody and it was like an, a, a crude joke or something. Well, Mrs. Disney was a an operator. She knew Morse code. And she came into the park and heard it and told Walt. And Walt went in and said, you need to change that. So I don't know exactly what exactly it was. Um, but uh, But it was not something that she wanted in the park. <laughs> You got to accommodate her taste. Um, yes, so that that is my selection. So I think we're all back to you in terms of a song 
or score selection. Uh, yes. Do you want to give some context first, or do you want me to play it? Yeah, this is uh, this is a uh, a song, um, and it is one that has been removed from an attraction at Disneyland, and it was a bummer because it is one of my favorites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Écoutez, écoutez, listen, listen. I think maybe it's music. Yeah, it is Offenbach. You stay off of my buck, and I'll stay off of your buck. Shh. Let's be quiet and listen. the Offenbach Suite from Tropical Serenade, the Enchanted Tiki Room. And uh, that was one of, like I said, one of my favorite pieces. And it's a, it, you can tell it's a very slow, very mellow. And it was just the fountains were running and the birds were making their noises and whatever. And so when people's attention span shortened, they took that song out because it was quote unquote boring. Hmm. And uh, so I just gave you, it's much longer than that, but I just, I just gave you about a minute worth of that. Um, but I, I love the, you know, I think maybe it's music. <laughs> yeah. You think, but, uh, but very, very cool. They, they took that out in both parks and uh, e even in Florida, they even went so far as to edit down even further. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's one of my faves. See, I guess I didn't realize that this was um, taken out because it seems very familiar to me. Was this taken out at Disneyland for the fifth, like before the fiftieth, or has it been removed since? Because this seems really um, resonant for me. That's a very good question. Um, I don't know for sure what the time frame on it was. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It would have been somewhere in that area. Hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, oh. but the, it does still well a tribute to it does still exist at Disneyland today, and uh, you know in the Tiki Room where Jose says, "I wonder what happened to Rosita." Uh huh. Okay. Now back behind the Tiki Room, they have the tropical hideaway, and sure. Rosita the the bird is back there, mm -hmm. and she's got all kinds of dad jokes that she tells for an hour. Um, and one of the things that she does is whistle that whistle mm. that da, 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 da. and it's from the Tiki room. It's that exact whistle. They just isolated it and gave it to her. And so she just whistles for no reason at all. And nobody knows what it is except me. I'm sitting there going, yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. I like <laughs> that part. Because I do, so. I do remember that whistle. So that's, but I haven't actually been to Tropical Hideaway since it opened. So oh. um, that'll be something to look forward to on my next trip there. Absolutely, you have to sit there until you hear her whistle. 
Okay. So I'll just make sure I consume a lot of Dole Whips to make it last. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They have, they have all kinds of food there. Uh, and uh, so you, you'll have plenty to eat while you wait. There you go. I, no, I, I love that selection. Um, yeah, there's so much great music in, in the Tiki Room or, over the years. And um, so, yeah, thanks for highlighting that. Let's, sure. um, we're going to shift to one of my uh, selections. So we're going to another score. I want to focus on something that um, I haven't been there since the, the, the renovation. So I don't know if it's playing in the background, but I loved this loop. Um, in Mickey's Toontown. It's the Toontown W-A-C-K-Y radio. So I'm going to play a very short snippet of what's ultimately a very long uh, set of tracks. So here's one of the jingles. And now for the Toontown weather report. Hey, Mr. Weatherman, what do you say? Tell us how the weather's going to be today, Toontown weather. It looks like it's going to rain cats and dogs out there. You're listening to W-A-C-K-Y, Wacky Radio Toontown. Now, lend an ear to this lovely little musical number. On second thought, you better keep your ear on your head. We interrupt this program to bring you this special report. The weasels, yes, you heard me, those no-good, dirty, rotten weasels are on the loose on the streets of Toontown. They are armed with dip and dangerous. Citizens of Mickey's Toontown, beware. Now, back to our program. So that's just a, a little taste of Toontown. My gosh, they had so much fun crafting that. I, I was at D23 Expo in 2013 when they had a panel called Leave and Laughing. And it was all about um, humor in the Disney theme parks. And um, there was a panel that talked about the development of, of the WACKY and they incorporated some audio clips. And you can just tell that they had a blast with the puns and references. You heard Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf there. Um, just so ingenious and i th that was one of the aspects of uh, at least the previous incarnation of mickey's toontown that i loved which is just listening to all the the little messages in the background absolutely yeah that that uh is still playing that plays primarily inside roger rabbits um coming out of one of the radios okay. that is there and so you would still be able to hear that if Go you ahead. went in there so that is that is not lost uh right. The rest of the music throughout Toontown has changed, right? And uh, and so it it is now different. But you do bring up a good point. One of the um, one of the highlights of any trip to Disneyland for a Disney sound aficionado is the odd like radios that are placed throughout the parks. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you you selected any of these. But um, the there's like there's an old time radio in Oswald's that is running about a 90 minute loop mm. of like old radio shows and things. And and uh, there's like a, a big in that one, there's a big build uh, build up. It's like a news program. It kind of sound, sounds like War of the Worlds. Mm. And uh, stop me if this is one of your sounds. No, it's not. Okay. And, um, 
and so you know they're they're like and we're on the scene and you know we're blah 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 and they're you know we're at this at this graveyard and there's this light and there's all this stuff and people are gathering and it very very war of the worlds like and then finally it crescendos with it being the skeleton dance oh sweet yeah so they really tie in all of their stuff but there's there's radios throughout the park like you said w-a-c-k-y there's a radio um that exists in galaxy's edge Hmm. um a lot of people assume that it's just dj rex because you hear him on it but and Mm -hmm. and the the primary place you can hear this is in the restrooms in galaxy's edge um and i don't have a sound file of it because obviously you can't record in the restrooms but um it's it's you know an hour no pardon me i think it's a three hour loop of everything from droid wrestling to just i mean all all kinds of stuff that has been created and is just playing in the background it's way off in the distance most people don't even know it's there and uh and so just like you were saying you know it's it's there's a lot of hard work that goes into these parks that people just walk right by and that's what they're intended to do so it's not an insult to it but it's you know what and and one of the other ones and if you want to queue up my next uh piece here one of the other ones is um guardians of the galaxy in the queue they are they have the um the employee um, that works for the collector, and she is taking you through sound files that the collector has collected Hmm. throughout the course of time. And so you will hear things where it's uh, like, she'll say, this is, you know, sound file 1955-1, and it'll play and it'll be, you know, some alien going, whatever. Other times it's spacey music and things like that. But occasionally you get an inside joke. This next one is catalog 362. That piece was really quite unusual. Even the collector isn't sure what that is. But we know what it is. Absolutely. And it's not even from the Disneyland version of the attraction. That's right. Yeah, that is the uh, now is the time was the revised version of Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow that played in the Carousel of Progress at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World in Florida. And the fact and it was kind of one of the initial things that was universally panned in the Disney community. People were like, why did you take out Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow? It's iconic. Sure, you replaced it with something that sounds like it, but really? Come on. And so they put Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow back in. This is literally saying he found the sound file and it's so odd that he doesn't even know what it is. (laughs) So... And that's, uh, yeah, so this is literally just another radio in the park. It's just coming out of speakers in the in the queue, but it's exactly like W-A-C-K-Y radio, but Guardians of the Galaxy themed. 
I, I love how we're really honoring the spirit of the theme of the episode, which is forgotten, because ultimately a lot of folks would not come across this or would not be listening intently enough to be able to pick up on uh, some of these clips. So I, I appreciate the inclusion of that. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and like like I said, most people aren't intended. Right. Yeah. It's it's not like they're doing a disservice to the park. It's just one of the things that Dusty from Mice Chat said, one of his main complaints about Galaxy's Edge was there's no background music loop. And I argued with him and I said, you're nuts. There is a rich sound uh, sound environment that they had created in Galaxy's Edge. Every fan you walk by is making a noise. There are speakers on the roofs that play the sound of jets, you know, and, and speeders and stuff going over. And there's this the radios and all of that. It's just all of this stuff. But you're he, he missed it. Well, he he heard it, but he didn't appreciate it. But it's it's intended to just be there. You say, well, what's the music in Galaxy's Edge? They didn't have any. That was it. Well, and it's really along these lines, there was a 2019 panel at D23 Expo that focused on the sounds of Galaxy's Edge, which was really quite something. Um, it was in the big arena um, space. And I remember being there and I hadn't gone to Galaxy's Edge. I still haven't been to the California version. And I'm thinking, wow, there's so much enveloped in here. And they're really honoring um, all the different facets of what audio and music uh, encompasses in terms of the spaces and the land. And so I would I would also encourage folks to check out that panel. I believe it's on YouTube um, if people want to check out because it really gives you an appreciation for all the talent um, behind the scenes there. Oh, yeah. So love that, Paul. OK, let us transition. I'm just trying to keep track. I am <laughs> playing now uh, another. Oh, I, a sound effect. Yeah, sound effect. That's right. From, from you, yeah. Yep, yep. On my end. See, I'm just trying to keep track. <laughs> All right. Okay. So my uh, prelude for for this one is that I rode this attraction. It is no longer there, and I still remember these sound effects vividly, even though you cannot hear them in the park at all. Let's see if you recognize them. I'm sure you will. I was able to actually beep beep at the exact time that it made that noise. See, that's a, well, I can appreciate because we're doing video right now. I'm right. glad you pointed that out because you were right on cue. Um, yep. That, of course, was the the short lived, much maligned, uh, and very troubled Rocket Rods in Tomorrowland um, that debuted in 1998. Uh, it closed um, in 2000. It was supposed to reopen in spring 2021. The sign was there. Never, never happened. But I was there um, on one of the days when it was actually running and not broken down. Um, and I remember it was a rope drop attraction for us. This was summer of 2000. And I was so excited. I had heard so much about the attraction. I think it was still close to an hour wait. And uh, I remember being a little petrified by it um, just because it was a more thrilling attraction for, for that young eight-year-old. But it was very cool. And um, also very brief, but I love the sounds of it. And I saw, I, for some reason, it was ingrained in me for years down the line. And then ultimately once YouTube came around and I could actually listen to watch video from it, 
Uh, I was taken back to that day of of being uh, atop the tracks of a formal former people mover and seeing Tomorrowland from a different vantage point. But I, I love how it's it's nothing significant, um, but it is forgotten, and those sounds kind of uh, echo that idea of that you're on a really cool machine that uh, is perhaps not at the quality of the test track vehicles, but still pretty cool. So yes, that's my selection. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a wonderful selection. Um, I, I rode that uh, for the very first time on opening day um, wow. for Disneyland. I had actually, I had quit my job um, and I, my last uh, time in at, at that job was at 12 noon, the day before the new Tomorrowland opened. Wow. And I uh, got on a plane, went down to Disneyland um, and the very next day I got into the park, I was there before park opening, got in line. It was like a three and a half hour wait. Um, we were all the way out in the hub waiting to get into this thing and it kept breaking down and you know, that it was probably only a 15 minute line, but it took three hours because it was breaking so often, but then I got on it and it was just glorious and to make it even better as i left i got to thank tony baxter <laughs> for having created this great big beautiful tomorrowland that i was now enjoying and my second ride on it um, i got in line at eleven forty-five p.m so you know some 15 hours 16 hours later and my watch beeped 3 a.m as I came out of the former America Sings building and dipped down and went over the sub lagoon, it took almost, well, three hours and 15 minutes to get on the ride at closing. Wow. But to their credit, they didn't kick us out. They let us ride it. And I mean, I ended up having to walk back to my hotel because all of the shuttles and everything had stopped. But yeah. It's definitely, definitely a favorite, a good memory of mine is the rocket rods. Love that. I'm insanely jealous, but <laughs> I'll, I'll have to, I'll, um, I'll message you after we record one of my favorite artifacts in my, um, collection. I don't have an extensive Disney. I have a lot of Disney books and, but what I love is Disney artwork and Tomorrowland for me has always been my favorite space, even though it's, uh, very, uh, challenged. But one of my favorite possessions is a piece of artwork from New Tomorrowland. Um, I found it on eBay years later, but at the Disney Gallery at the time, they would sell um, artwork from um, you know, some of the great artists, and they had New Tomorrowland artwork. And it's actually a signed copy of one of the New Tomorrowland pieces of artwork. It's of the Pizza Port and Space Mountains in the background uh, from Eric Heschong. Um, who's one of the the great um, Disney artists of that era, and I, he's passed away um, in the years since. But it's a it's a great piece of artwork, and you can see the rocket rods and in the background um, of the artwork. So it makes me very happy. It's it's a huge piece. I'll, I'll I'll send you a picture. I think you'll appreciate it. I look forward to it. Yes. Um, so, anyways, rocket rods. Love the sounds. Let's let's turn it back over to you. This next piece is from Yester Frontierland, and is a piece that was connected with the mine train through nature's wonderland. 
And it was something that was originally not part of the attraction. But then once they did an upgrade to it, they added a thing called the Rainbow Caverns. And the music that was played inside the Rainbow Caverns had such an effect on me that I made it the theme song to the Window to the Magic podcast. And this song is so not known and so forgotten that I literally had a listener of mine send me a message within the last week with a photo of their dashboard where they were listening to some online streaming Disney radio station. And they said, oh my gosh, I never realized that the theme to Window to the Magic was actually a Disney song. And their dashboard had a thing and it said, you know, mind train through nature's wonderland, rainbow caverns suite. That has been the opening and closing of Window to the Magic to the point where people, some people many years ago actually asked me to give the song back to the Disney community because whenever anybody heard it, this person who contacted me anytime they played it or whatever, somebody said, oh, that's the Window to the Magic theme. And they were like, no, it's Disney. And that's because nobody realizes that it's actually Disney. But it is, you, you would go in the train and it would go into this cave and then they would have black light and, you know, fluorescent paint. And it, it's, it's like when you go on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, when you're going up the, the hill, mm -hmm. you've got those pond, uh, ponds on the left with the stalagmites and the stalactites, but paint them in fluorescent colors and have that music playing just quietly off in the distance, just echoing throughout the caves. It was awesome. Another experience I wish I would have had in person, but I, it's so tranquil. Um, I feel like I could just be lulled to sleep listening to that. Yes, yes, yes. And but hopefully, I, but hopefully when not listening to your podcast, like let's right. be clear. Yeah. Well, I have had a number of, <laughs> and I always, I always give them a hard time, but I had, I've had a couple of women that have contacted me and said, you know, I love listening to your podcast. It helps me go to sleep every night. I listen to it in bed and I say, oh, it puts you to sleep, huh? And they, no, 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 no. I mean, it relaxes me. It's, you know, but it's that, that music is just perfect when it comes up and it, you know, and then it, it drops and then, I, you know, well, hello and welcome to the window to the magic podcast. It's just so nice to talk over. 
and it's quiet, it's unassuming, and it's it's it sets the mood for get ready, you're gonna have a Disney audio adventure. There you go. Perfect. Well, my my next selection is from a uh, talk about maligned. I, I think our next entry on the list will fit the bill. Um, this is from the successor to the Main Street Electrical Parade, and that is Light Magic, um, which I saw in person during its very short run in 97. Um, I actually really enjoy it it at the time and i enjoy the score there's a huge celtic influence or celtic influence i should say um throughout Depends whether and, you like basketball or not <laughs> <laughs> and uh and there's also some really cool interpretations of disney songs including this one which was pretty popular around the time of the parade's debut let's take a listen was a topsy-turvy of course from hunchback of notre dame but interpreted for reinterpreted for light magic it was it was a cool premise obviously in terms of how it was orchestrated there uh no pun intended with the music the, the parade itself uh, the way it was orchestrated was problematic in some ways because you had these huge barges at different spots and not everybody could uh easily see uh, obviously they progressed down the parade route and they built um, those new structures and it's a small world mall area for it. Um, it, you know, has a troubled history. I think it's quite compelling, but I, I love the music. Uh, actually, the, the whole score for it, or at least the, the vast majority of it was included in the uh, CD at the time released um, for the, the parks when they would have all the different songs of the time. And so it was on there. I mean, they saw this as, oh, this is going to be a staple. Of course, it wasn't. but. Um, the, the audio is gorgeous and just i love how it, it defies the typical flavor of of a disney parade it's not just your common songs or how they're commonly uh redeveloped i mean that that celtic influence is just pervasive and it's uh quite quite enchanting oh yes absolutely and and there was a tribute to another uh show in that uh parade Hopefully not one of your other selections, um, but they did a tribute to the Main Street Electrical Parade in that parade as well, and that was it. the The crowd, well, <laughs> the story goes. No, don't start talking again, Paul. Yes, um, so we were there for the annual passholder preview of Light Magic, and Paul Pressler had come out and had told us how. We, as annual pass holders, were the most important Disney fans. And so they were giving us this preview of this new attraction that was going to be, it was a street-tacular. 
it was going to be coming down and stopping and we were going to enjoy it and whatever. When, um, when the parade was over, they, they had sprayed confetti everywhere and they had to clean it, but the park was still open. So the instant the park, um, or the instant the parade pulled away, you heard and these big vacuum, like lawnmower things were going up and down. Well, they first started, the very first sound I heard as the lights came back on was the sound of blowers blowing the confetti off the top of the roofs of Main Street. And we had enjoyed the parade so much that when we heard that sound coming from the top of the, we said, Oh my God, they're char- started the chainsaws. They're removing it already. And then we left Main Street and went over to Pirates of the Caribbean. And w- I, I kid you not, we're standing in line, probably 50 people from boarding the boat and over the PA system, everybody said, or the, the cast member came on and said, who hated light magic? And the place went nuts. You said much aligned, but you probably didn't know it was that maligned. Wow. Yes. I loved Light Magic. Loved it. Made a DVD of it for Window to the Magic with that Paul Pressler preview party on it. Um, just, just incredible. The music. Now, River Mouse was never my favorite, you know, show, right? Um, but the, the, just when you listen to the entire thing, it was, it was compelling. There was a story that was told melodically and it was just, it was just fun for lack of a better term. It, you're right. There were problems with it and, um, it, it didn't last. And, you know, it, it eventually brought around other parades that we liked much more so yay for that yeah i i love the score and i you know i i remember very vividly the tv special that they had on light magic that they showed in various news stations i had a vhs tape of that because i loved it so much and i'd watch it as a child like because it's like i remember seeing the parade in person now i get kind of that memory that way of capturing it Mm-hmm. Also, a chance to see Disney characters in their jammies because you don't see that all the time. So, right, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Let's shift to a, a different selection. Um, you're next on the list. Yep, and this is going to be uh, another one of those things where people hear what's going on, but they're not really paying attention. Um, have you been in Oga's Cantina? I must admit, I have not. Okay. So one of the, well, the thing to do inside Oga's Cantina is watch DJ Rex play space tunes. Mm, I've heard I'm, sure, I'm sure you've seen him, you know, on YouTube or whatever, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's up there, DJ Rex, Rex being the former Star Tours robot that apparently cra- uh, crash landed on Bet 2. <clears throat> Because he's not a great captain. We, we that was very clear. He, yes, and he um, he got a job as a DJ at Ogas, and so he's 
he's still got his old programming in there, but he's he's trying to be a DJ. And y- you know Rex. He he's he's not the most competent. from Star Tours trying desperately to do what he's supposed to do and be a DJ, but he's messing up just like he did in Star Tours, and nobody is paying attention to that going on. Nobody's listening. Well, it might also be because they've had a few concoctions in them, so that's why it's been forgotten. (laughs) Yes, well, that's, that's a good possibility, too. But I have a uh, an eight hour recording from inside Oga's, and um, it is just nonstop entertainment. And the, the the cool thing about DJ Rex is is that he and his loop loop is kind of a misnomer because it is we don't know how yet, but it has been randomized. So there's twenty songs that he plays. Some of them play every loop, quote unquote, but there's always some that are missing and they get replaced with other tracks. And then on top of that, his introductions and interstitials between the songs are not always the same. So even though you're hearing the same song, you're not hearing the same introduction or the same outro to the song. And so you can sit there forever and just listen. And sure, you'll hear the same 20 songs, but you'll never run out. Well, you'll eventually run out of DJ Rex dialogue. And uh, you can't be in there for eight hours. So you never are going to hear the entire loop. And that's that's Disney for you going way above and beyond. No kidding. A further argument that there's a lot packed into Galaxy's Edge in terms of the audio experience. That's so right. I, I guess that's something to look forward to if if I can snag a reservation and, and can situate myself over there. So mm-hmm. next time you come out to Disneyland, let me know. I'll see if I can get you set up. Cool. Thanks. Well, that was a, a cool window to some galactic magic, but let's ah. uh let's transition to um uh, another selection. I need to make sure I'm keeping track on my end that I'm alternating. 
Okay, so uh, my next selection is very, very brief and uh, very repetitive, too. That's my preview. Here it is. And I could just repeat that many, many more times. That is the uh, ticking of the clock on It's a Small World. Very seemingly insignificant, but um, what I love about Small World is that it, it it's not only a, a measured attraction, but that also extends to some of the different elements on the outside uh, in terms of uh, certain things you can expect. And, and the, the clock is one of them. It's nothing huge, but um, it's still, I feel like, rather overlooked or you, you don't really pay attention to it very much. But um, time is a time is an important element in, in any park experience. And um, the ticking is a reminder that you only have so much uh, time in your day at Disneyland. So make the most of it. That's the wisdom from Brett for the day. I was going to say, wow, that was deep. <laughs> I know, right? Interpreting just a few ticking sounds. And I mean, I need something to to extend my description. So there sure. you go. Uh, have you been to Disneyland Paris? Oh, Paul, <laughs> I went there for the first time one week ago today. Oh, wow. All I right. just got back. And that's actually going to be another uh, another episode. Um, or it is another episode that's in development fantastic on all fronts did you ride it's a small world twice did you realize just how loud that ticking sound is in their version it is quite striking right i wonder why is it don't know so trying to overpower like all all the people who are just making such a ruckus because they're really not they were well behaved yeah I, I went out there and i was i was standing out in front getting you know waiting for somebody so that we could go into the attraction and it's just going bam 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 and i was like why is that so loud it's 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 a it's a good moment and uh and i agree with you yeah it, it's wow next time i go by it's a small world i'm gonna be like oh I've only got so much time in my day. That's so awesome. I like that. Yeah, it's a fun, fun pick. Uh, very brief comparatively um, in terms of this, the, the length of the audio. But uh, let's turn it back over to you. Okay. Um, so you had talked about the rocket rods a little bit ago. Yes. Um, and the, prior to it being the rocket rods, it was the people mover, the mm -hmm. windway people mover. And um, in Little Paul's world uh, of, of 1970s Disneyland, there was almost nothing better than going and riding the People Mover. If I could go back and forth between the People Mover and the Adventure Through Inner Space and America Sings, I was in heaven. And uh, there was a particular piece that really meant the People Mover to me. And it was this one. Nineteen sixties shtick. They're, they're, th that is from the Capitol Records music collection. Th they created that music 
for use in supermarkets, shopping malls, and for uh, purpose-built commercials for playing in the back. That particular one is called It's Windy Musical Weather Report. And so you're apparently supposed to, over that cheery music, go, it's really windy out here, and we're having, you know, that sort of thing. I, I don't know what it, anybody ever used it for, but that was the people mover for me. And I, I just within about the last year or so was able to find the masters of the uh, Capitol Records collection and get, I believe, all of the people mover tracks. And so it's, uh, it's a good thing. It's, uh, it's good to be to Paul. It's what's what I love about the people mover. And again, I told you earlier, first time was 96. It had already been closed a year. Mm -hmm. I never experienced it. Love the TTA um, in Florida people mover. I guess now you call it that too. But what I love about that attraction um, from my vantage point of never having gone on it is the music. And because I, I love like music and 1960s era um, sounds and elevator music. It, this is so illustrative of it. And I love what you're saying. And, and I knew this too, in, in terms of the music uh, originally being crafted for other contexts, but yet they translated it to um, to the people mover context. I think if I'm not mistaken, you, you may know the answer was the only original piece of music for the people mover the nation on wheels mm -hmm. track is that right yeah that one yeah that's uh th that way there was several different versions of the people mover um it was a there was a, uh several guys and then finally the woman that i know um and each one had its own version of the soundtrack. And mm -hmm. so there was, there was different things, but yeah, there's, there's a bunch of, and I, hopefully you're writing this down, but you know, email me later and I will send you a link to the Capitol records thing. It's, I think it's 90 minutes. Um, it's a, it's a YouTube video and you can, you can get all of the people mover tracks and a whole bunch of stuff that isn't people mover. That's just as good. Mm, I look forward to that. I, um, I I think you might be appreciative of my next selection. Hmm. Welcome aboard the People Mover. Since its 1967 opening, the People Mover has carried... Yes... We could be strolling through the grocery store right now, or we could be hovering over Tomorrowland. Yeah, yeah. That this is this is the part of the People Mover soundtrack that played at the beginning, and um, it it played as you were headed out towards um, Star Tours. And so, just like you interrupted it right there, you would get down to the end, and it would cut abruptly, and then you would hear, you know. This is C-3PO. Welcome to the Star Tours, you know, terminal or whatever he used to say. And uh, and just the the music for that ride was just fabulous. Yes. So my audio comes from because I, uh, I, I had been familiar with different um, 
uh, elements of people over music on on YouTube, but I was trying to find the original source leading up to this, and I, I knew this. So Capitol Records, you mentioned it earlier. Yes. Um, Tom Elliott is the composer mm-hmm. that I see associated with this particular track. And this track that I just played is called March. So his album, for those who aren't familiar, had like each track was illustrative of a different month of the year. And a few of those selections were on the attraction. Um, so this is March. So for me, it's, again, I never experienced the attraction. My only connections are having watched YouTube videos, but being in love with that. And certainly uh, I mentioned about how I appreciated being able to ride the rocket rods. It's just Disney, mid-century Disney for me is so cool. And because it was such an innovative and optimistic time and that carried through in its films and attractions and environments and um one of my favorite books um i'm not sure if you've checked it out before it's called yesterday's tomorrow um and it's all about mid-century disney um across all different spaces and so um 1960s tomorrowland also has a uh, is incorporated into that but anyways i love this track i love all the people mover music but it's forgotten because it you know it's been gone now for um, 28 years, I suppose. So yeah, yeah, it's been quite a long time. Yeah. 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 It's got gone, but certainly not forgotten. Nope. Not by us at least. So, uh, we're going to move it over back to you. And what, what was one of the things that you had to do while you were on the people mover at all times? Stay seated. Play the next track. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. This track is from the Matterhorn, but it is pervasive throughout all of Disney and all theme parks that you need to remain seated. But that Jack Wagner, Permanecer sentados, por favor, just awesome. And then its counterpart in Florida which is the um, Manténganse Alejado de las Puertas, por favor, Manténganse Alejado de las Puertas, which is pleased and clear of the doors. And that is also Jack Wagner. The, the new guy came in and recorded the new scripts, but they left Jack saying that because he was so iconic. And so this, this is one of those things. Every time I walk by, the Matterhorn, I stop and I wait for that to play just because it's just Disneyland. And, you know, we, of course, make fun of it because we say cinnamon ta- toast and tacos on the floor. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I don't speak Spanish. So, right. So I have to massacre it. Can I challenge you on the selection? Sure. Forgotten. Do, we, do you feel like people don't pay attention to this enough? at least in its original form. Um, this this one actually went into the um, things that people don't pay that much attention to, but that mm. I love. Mm, so okay. that's why it made this list for me. Because I, 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 it wasn't necessarily that it was forgotten, but it was, it's, it's something that's just there. I mean, you could ask, it's just stand at the exit of the Matterhorn and say, what did the... What did the safety spiel say to you as you came to a stop? And they'd be like, I don't know. Be like, well, was it in English? You know, what, what, what? I don't know. People aren't, they're not going to know. 
And so that's, that's why it, it made this. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love it too. What I love about all the narration, I think you pointed out this, pointed this out earlier, is um, we were talking about Adventure Through Inner Space, right? With Paul Fries, there's such um, enthusiasm and conviction with what is said. And that's what makes a, a good uh, voice artist, right? They're, they're focused, focusing on enunciation. They're focusing on the power of language and how it's coming through. And there's emotion in that. So I, I think that's what's salient in, in your selection here too. Yeah, it's it's a good voiceover person can say something instead of reading it. So they'll look at it and, you know, I would look at it and go, permanecer sentados, por favor, you know, and they look at it and just say it. And it it just it's it's convincing, it's friendly, but it's authoritative. And, it you know, it, it gets the job done. Indeed. Okay. Um, so my, we're, we're nearing the end. We have a few more. Um, so I decided to, uh, focus on one of my favorite lands yet again in Disneyland, which is Tomorrowland. And I wanted to focus on a, kind of an audio, audio cue, uh, that it's subtle and it's in the background in the queue line, but I think still captures the essence of Space Mountain. Someone must have had a fun day on the synthesizer and figuring out all these distinct sounds. I My think gosh. What they, what they did was they just poured water on a keyboard <laughs> and it just, whatever noises it made, that was, that was what, uh, what they put in there. That, that was also featured on the people mover in the, inside the, the, uh, dark area where you went through and you could see the, the thing, but it had a, a, um, the com chat on top of it. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's a good one. I like that. That definitely mood setting. Yeah. And, and so subtle again, I don't feel like everybody would pick up on that in the queue line um, in terms of just the, the really uh, some of the sounds are kind of harsh and just so uh, hard to describe. Like how, how do you describe that? Like they're, they're, they're weird the sounds that almost sound like it's almost like a communique being sent from one planet to the next. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's that's what I love about Disney. It is so encompassing and the queue lines have a really important role in being able to put you in that uh, literal and figurative space. Um, space Mountain's always been that for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's a great attraction. And now that it has the onboard audio, it can it can be even more enveloping with what it does with all its different incarnations. All right, we have two more from you. Yep, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do this one, then I'm gonna have you do your last two, okay. and then I want to end on mine if you don't mind. Yeah, that's fine. So this last one is from right almost next door to where we just were a moment ago. Back in the 1970s, the Carousel of Progress was removed from Disneyland and moved to Walt Disney World. And they replaced the 
Carousel of Progress with a telling of music from throughout the centuries, American music. And it was hosted by Burl Ives as uh, Sam Eagle. And this I had mentioned this earlier with the Matt Orkin email list that there was some audio that I had really loved and that I had never had. And then one day I got it and I was so happy to have gotten it. This is that audio. Yankee Doodle always says the past is just to start. Tomorrow will bring songs to you that come straight from the heart. Another thing he had to say was life is just a song. So everybody get in tune and let's all sing along. Goodbye, goes a weasel. <laughs> Now that is, it's a much longer track than that, but it is that exact bit of 1960s, 1970s, kitschy guitar, you know, wacka, 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 guitar yeah. sound and the whole shot and just, just the best in Disney musical storytelling. And, you know, there, there's no better storyteller than Burl Ives. I mean, he, you know, he, he you could argue Paul Freese was giving him a run for his money, but Burrow, he was just, oh, just the the warmth in his voice, and and such, and uh, and America sings again was one of those things that I would just do loops on while I was at Disney, and uh, just just my favorite, and literally because of the rotating theater. <laughs> yes, I would do loops, and yes, very nice, and it ran for gosh, more than a decade. So it really overextended that initial notion of uh, being timed with the bicentennial. Right. Yeah. And I was glad that it got to stay for as long as it did. And then when they started taking the audio animatronics out of it for Splash Mountain and things like that, it was definitely, I was going to, don't close it, don't, you know, but I, uh, luckily I have video and I have, I have audio from it. And so I can relive it to this day. Awesome. Thankfully. Cool. Well, we'll then um, wrap up with my two selections and then we'll finally conclude with your selection. So uh, we're going to turn over to my last score because we've been alternating between the sounds and scores. So this is from, uh, and I'm pretty confident it did not uh, originate in the uh, attraction cue, but rather the film that it's based on. And I'm going to focus on a little trip down to Wonderland. So uh, this is Oliver Wallace's um, score, if I'm not mistaken, for Alice in Wonderland, and um, and and he was a popular 
uh, performer for for Disney at the time um, in the in the fifties, and uh, you know the queue has and the, the whole area you know next to Mad Tea Party and right across from the Matterhorn. Um, it, it is a very whimsical atmosphere, and, and the music helps elevate that notion. And I and I love um, just the playfulness of of the music. I feel like it's forgotten. I and that's why I specifically focused on that segment as opposed to the unbirthday song or, or something that's more associated with uh, Alice in Wonderland. I felt I feel like like that little segment is more forgotten because well, it's. Uh, you know, uh, situated uh, between these more uh, popular tunes, but also um, it's just so we're talking about, you know, uh, pieces of music that are uh, connected back to the time. And I feel like for me, that's Disney of of that period in the fifties, which was just kind of, um, and even the sixties too, kind of bonkers and, and all over the place um, in, in, in certain ways. And, and for a film like Alice in Wonderland, you have that on full display. And so it, it just, uh, it's just, it's it feels kind of trivial but also just very charming so that's why i wanted to um highlight that yeah the music in the alice in wonderland area of disneyland is actually really good and you would think that it would be competing but for somehow they managed to keep the teacups and the alice uh, attraction separate enough that they don't clash but uh, those are th- those are great great pieces of music that I love in, uh, listening to while I'm waiting in line to get uh, get on the on the ride. And my last sound is from another queue. Um, so this is very much sound as opposed to music, although you can consider it a, a bit of a tune. And that is from the queue line of Indiana Jones Adventure, uh, Temple of the Forbidden Eye, and it's the the drums that are very overpowering. A little taste of that. Um, you know, the it's a very extensive queue line and it's one of my favorite to be in as long as you're in the inside portion. Um, right. Big big caveat there, but it's Again, subtlety. It, it, it's not a music does not always have to be um, super loud or super in your face or super bombastic, and can just be the the tones and sounds of of these um, percussion instruments. And for me, it's like I hear that and I know I'm going to be uh, boarding a really cool vehicle and and charting on a fun adventure. So the anticipation. And this is actually, this goes back to what I was talking about, Dusty, with Galaxy's Edge. This this is, there is no musical soundtrack to the queue for Indiana Jones. But it is rich in flavor audio-wise. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, this is, it kills me that they rush you through this area now. You know, you wait outside. <clears throat> and then you go in and you're you're running until you get up to the projection room and it's just i i, I linger as much as i can you know go 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 ahead go ahead go ahead because i just i love these areas and i'm also one of those geeks that has taught myself you know mara glyphics 
and uh, so I can read the walls. So as I walk through, you know, I just always read the walls as I'm going. And some of them take several minutes to read. So, you know, it's, it's keep going, keep going. And all of that noise is happening. The the crash of the uh, of the ceiling as it's coming down towards you and the one, the skull room and the, you know, the spike room, I guess. All of that stuff. Just awesome, awesome sound design. Indeed. Well, you are going to have the last word or rather the last sound or song selection. Um, yeah. Would you like to explain your, your pick? Sure. Now, this sound here is from my podcast. Now, if you're not listening on headphones, please put headphones on at this time because it'll be kind of important. And um, I'll ask our host here to release this show in stereo so that you can um, enjoy this in binaural now when i record on my show i have microphones in my ears so that when you listen back to it it's it, you're hearing three-dimensional audio what you're going to hear is the core of the disneyland experience this is the morning of the reopening of disneyland after covid it's going to start with us outside and the train comes into the station and you hear the crowd erupt in excitement then we will cut to inside where i will bump into a friend of mine and then we will proceed up main street to the cheers applause and welcome home of all of the cast members lining the street as a very emotional group of guests is taking their first steps back into this place that they love so much after over an entire year of closure to apps We are in. Yep. Well, hello everyone and welcome to a window to the magic. Really? Oh, is that what did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hello. Oh my god. Good morning. Uh, I can't. I can't say. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you. It just wouldn't be the same if we weren't all oh, here. Oh my God! How are you? And I, we're vaccinated. We're good. Yeah. So am I. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hi. Sure. There we go. So I'm I'm hoping you can get me through this. I can't open the show. I start crying. 
Yeah, I started crying too. So anyway, we're gonna walk down Main Street. Just saw you. Thought I'd say hi. Following you, my friend. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode <laughs> of Crying with Paul. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to cry. I guess nobody was right on uh, what was going to hit closest to home. <laughs> Absolutely. We're back, folks. We are walking up to Main Street, USA, as we speak. Oh my lord. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Good morning. Oh, boy. Cast members up and down Main Street, USA, applauding and waving. Morning. Thank you. So it's been a year. Do you miss bubble wands yet? <laughs> Not sure I ever did. Yeah, I was going to say. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Exactly. What he said, except in English. Good morning. Morning. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Oh, we don't want to cut out early. <laughs> Exactly. Hey. Ah, thank you. You'll be on it on Monday. Oh, good to know. Yes. Have a good day. Look at that. Didn't even get down Main Street. And Sorry, some... you didn't even get into the park before somebody thought you were a cast member. That's a good point, yeah. Oh, man. Who knew that just... Well, I'm going to cry again. 
a 50-year-old man walking into Disneyland for the first time in over a year, crying like a baby. Hmm. That's what Disney is all about. That's the Disneyland that we love. The cast members coming out to greet us, the, the waving, the applause, saying welcome back, and the Main Street loop playing in the background. There's nothing better. There was ever a mic drop moment. I think that uh, that, that works. Yeah, Sorry, it that was, was that was a little long, but it was enjoyable. I re- I very much felt like I was there, which is the intention of of Window to the Magic, and um, yeah, very very powerful. To you know, it's one thing to to see images or even to watch a video, but to just kind of close your eyes and imagine walking through and and receiving that um, sense from from cast members and other guests, pretty pretty impactful. Yep. And you heard the cast member say, I like your button. <clears throat> I had a button that was um, like the first visit buttons or whatever, mm-hmm. but it, it had Mickey and he had a mask on and it said vaccinated on it. <laughs> That's it awesome. It wasn't an official button, but the cast members loved it. <laughs> so that's uh that's what Disney sounds mean to me. We're we've talked about a lot of different facets of Disney sounds and songs and scores, uh, Disneyland, I should say, that are favorites of ours that uh, may be to some extent forgotten. What's your what's your takeaway or reflection and kind of going through this uh, journey through musical history today? The next time you're at Disneyland or any Disney theme park, stop just a moment, slow down and pay attention to what's going on around you. There's another layer there that you're not seeing, chances are. And if you slow down and enjoy the parks in maybe a different way than you're used to, you might find that you enjoy and fall in love with Disney just that much more. Very well said. Paul, we're going to conclude with uh, a few Disney-related questions um, that I ask all of my new guests to the podcast. Um, there are no right answers, um, just whatever comes to mind for you. Uh, a few music-related questions for you. Um, first, what Disney soundtrack did you listen to most while growing up? Boy, I'm going to have a little space to take care of uh, here. What soundtrack did I listen to the most? I would say the Disney attraction LPs Mm. because I had those to listen to when I wasn't at the parks, but the the main street electrical parade, the adventure through inner space, the people mover, all of those things that I eventually went in and made recordings of. I listened to those, but I think the, the oldest things that I had was, was the LPs. Very cool. Second question, what Disney song has most recently become stuck in your head? That earworm that you cannot forget. Magic Happens from the Magic Happens Parade. I had, back in 2020, the parade had debuted just two weeks before COVID closure. And I wasn't scheduled to visit the park at that point. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go see it eventually. 
And then they said, we're going to close Disneyland for two weeks. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'll just see it in two weeks. And I ended up seeing it again in January, I believe, of this year. And it was a long time coming. I had heard the soundtrack. They released the song, the main theme. And I was like, I, I think I'm really going to like this parade. And, and I do. It's a very, very catchy song. And uh, you can find it on, you know, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify. They've released it. Just type in Magic Happens Disneyland and it'll come up and you'll be able to hear it. And uh, hopefully it'll get stuck in your head, too. Very nice. Third question. What Disney film do you feel is the most underrated music? Ooh, I'm not really a, a Disney film guy. Um, underrated music. The original Tron. Hmm. I, I think that, yeah, that Wendy, might... Wendy Carlos is the composer there. Yeah, because, you know, a, a lot of people know the original Tron for its visuals, but I don't think a lot of people appreciate the music that was created for it. And it wasn't Daft Punk. They weren't even born. <laughs> but it was uh, it was fun nonetheless. Yeah, that's a great one. A couple book questions for you. What is the most recent Disney book that you've read? I don't read Disney books. Okay. <laughs> You said there was no wrong answers. <laughs> nope, that's fine. Um, but your second question is, if you could write a Disney book on any topic, what would it be about? The sounds of Disneyland. I um, I approached Tony Baxter one time at a at a, an event and uh, asked him if he would come on the window to the magic to talk. You know, I said, hey, I said, you know, you, you've been interviewed on many, many shows, many, many times and things like that about what it was like to create the rides and all that other stuff. And people talk about what was it like to do the design for the attraction? What was it like to, to to draw the characters? What was it like to build the animatronics? What was it like to install it and things like that? But I've never heard anybody ask you about your involvement and what it takes to do the sound design for an attraction. And he was he was interested in that, but as they can be, they get distracted easily. <laughs> so that has not happened yet. But um, but I think uh, uh, <laughs> And writing a book on Disney sounds would be really, really challenging. So it would have to come with its own CD, I would think. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, the finally, I ask a random question that changes uh, with every guest. So your your question is: If you could axe any current Disneyland attraction and replace it with another attraction found at a different Disney theme park, what would it be and why? They have to kick one of the current attractions to the curb, but you're going to supplant it with a different attraction from a different Disney theme park. Wow. See, I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of keeping attractions at Disney theme parks separate. And, um, you me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Nonetheless, um, it's a good question. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and it's, it's very difficult for me to, answer because there really isn't anything that I don't like at, you know, that I wouldn't want to keep at Disneyland. Um, you know, if, if it were more, what would you like to bring back? I could answer that. Um, but yeah, I just, there's, there's not really any attraction. I, when I go to, 
you know, because I've I've been to Walt Disney World, I've been to Disneyland Paris, and I see those attractions and I go, those are really cool, but I I never say I wish that was at Disneyland. I'm mm-hmm. happy that they're where they are. Mm-hmm. So I may have to I may have to cheat out of this question and say there isn't one. That's fine too. I mean, Disneyland is pretty near perfect in a lot of ways um, in mm-hmm. terms of its slate of attractions. Um, although I might add that there are a few underused areas, like let's have a permanent 3D film again in Tomorrowland. Yeah, they 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 definitely could rebuild Tomorrowland, but I I look at the um, you know, I took your question, to, you know, like I I couldn't replace the Carousel Theater because there's no attraction in there. True. So you know. I mean, because I I would love to to have something in the Carousel Theater again. Um, I would love to have things like the Adventure Through Inner Space back and things like that. But no, I don't, I don't think there's anything I would want to kick to the curb and and put something else in its place. I just trust Disney to do the best. And uh, the the most recent example of this is is Splash Mountain. And, uh, you know, they're, they're retheming it. A lot of people are online right now are upset because they are kick, kicking to the curb, the theming of, 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 uh, Splash Mountain and replacing it with, uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. But I'm okay with it because I trust Disney Imagineering. And I think that once that attraction reopens, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be just as much fun as the original. And, uh, and depending on when this, um, uh, show comes out you might be able to go to my youtube channel and see a video that we did just last week where we rode splash mountain and as we came down the big drop we dropped the camera accidentally and it fell out of the log and so it fell into the flume at the bottom and we have 40 minutes of underwater footage with the logs going and all of the water sounds and things like that. You can hear right as the water is moving around the microphones, but way off in the distance, every 15, 20 seconds, you can hear a distant screaming. And then in the middle of the frame, there's a little area where you can see into the main flume. And you just see a really bright spot go just by real quick. And then the water goes and refills it again. So that, uh, that'll be something fun that that'll be out on, uh, I think the first of June. Uh, so depending on when you're hearing yep. this, it may, it may, or may yeah, it will be out. be out by then. It will Good. be. And, uh, and then you can, uh, you can know what it's like to fall out of a log on Splash Mountain. Okay, uh, quick uh, follow-up. How was it retrieved, the camera? Was that after hours they just picked it, it up? Or? It was an iPhone that we dropped in, thankfully, um, water-resistant. Uh, and so afterwards, they picked up the, the phone. Okay. And when they turned it on, it said, if found, please contact. Because we had gone and turned on the, the lost phone functionality from Apple. Mm. Um, and it displayed a phone number that they could call. And then they called and said, hey, we found your phone. Come get it. Wow. And uh, we plugged it in and we're able to retrieve the video off of it. That's awesome. It's amazing. Paul, 
before we totally conclude, how can listeners follow Window to the Magic and all of your work? Well, if you go to any podcast uh, platform that you use, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anything like that, put in uh, Disneyland Podcast, you'll find Window to the Magic, or you can find us at windowtothemagic.com. And uh, we're, uh, we're on social media as well, although we don't tend to be on social media as much as some other people because we are kind of audio-driven. Um, but, uh, but we would enjoy it if you would come by and give us a listen. You heard a little bit of what we do in the show. We don't just walk up Main Street all day long. We do go on ride shows and attractions, and we edit out the boring parts so that, uh, so that you can enjoy being at Disneyland in, uh, in full binaural audio. So thank you very much for having me on the show. I had a great time. I did too. Um, thanks for taking my invitation and accepting it and uh, going on this musical journey with me. It's been a pleasure, Paul. Thank you. Back at you, my friend. Thanks again. And when you're out at Disneyland, I'll return the favor and we'll do a binaural adventure at Disneyland with you and I walking through, going on your favorite attractions. How's that? Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Notably Disney. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow me on Twitter at Reports. That's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N Reports. And be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to NotablyDisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show as well suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney. Notably Disney is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. Consequently, the perspectives and opinions expressed by the host and guests are strictly theirs and do not represent the views of the Walt Disney Company and its employees. The main purpose of the Notably Disney podcast is to offer information and critiques about the Walt Disney Company.